I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. Well, let's begin this morning by going to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, as we study your word this morning, we pray that you would write the, its eternal truth on all our hearts, Lord. As we study our text today, Lord, teach us to be like Jesus so that we may glorify your name in this world and draw people to Christ. That we might draw people out of darkness, out of death, into life in Jesus. So Lord, may your name be exalted today. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 23. Deuteronomy chapter 23 as we continue our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 23, we'll be looking at verses 19 through 25 this morning. Verses 19 through 25. If you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the pew Bibles there and it's page 155 in the pew Bible. Page 155 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't own a Bible, then uh, we invite you to take that Bible, that Pew Bible with you. That's our gift to you today. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word, so take that, use that. It will certainly bless your life. Now Jesus, you remember, said that the greatest commandment of all the commandments, the greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, love the Lord your God with everything that you have. That's the greatest commandment. Of all the commandments, that's the great commandment. And he said, a second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two commandments rely all of the law and the prophets. So everything in the Old Testament, Jesus talking to people in his day, he says like everything in the Old Testament can be bound up in those two commandments. Love the Lord your God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. All of it's bound up in those two. Well, as we've been working through Deuteronomy, we've been kind of seeing that expounded for us and put into practice as Moses is preaching this sermon to the people of Israel before they go in to conquer the land of promise. Uh, he's preaching this sermon to them, and he is expounding for them God's law. He's expounding for them, explaining to them, teaching them how to live in, in a righteous way, how to be holy as the Lord your God is holy. And that's the whole purpose of the law, right? The law is not there to, to hold us down. It's not there to bind us to anything. But the law of God is basically to teach us, to teach all of God's people, how to live in such a way that we might be holy, that we might be righteous as the Lord our God is righteous. It's there to teach us to be like God. Right? It's not there to save us because we're saved by God's grace through faith in the Messiah, in Jesus Christ. It's not there to save us, so we don't do the law to, to try to save ourselves. But we, we look at the law, we learn from the law so that we can be more like Jesus. So that we can exemplify his character in this world. And if we're going to exemplify his character, then we have to learn to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that means treating our neighbor with dignity. 
The section that we are in, in Deuteronomy, deals specifically with that. It deals with treating our neighbor with dignity because every human being, every human being has dignity. And there's inherent dignity because every human being is created in the image and likeness of God. Because of the image of God in you, you have dignity. It's not something you earn, you have it inherently because of the image of God in you. And so we should treat every human being with dignity. And so Moses has been showing us how to treat others with dignity. And today we come to another text here, three little paragraphs, and they kind of seem scattered, they kind of seem un unconnected, but all of them have to do with treating others with dignity. Treating others with dignity. So today I've entitled this sermon, The, the Beatitudes of Dignity. Uh, because today I want to show you that we, we need to treat people with dignity by being generous, honest, and grateful. We need to treat people with dignity by being generous, honest, and grateful. And we're going to see that in our text today. So to help us uh, always treat people with dignity, I want to give you these three beatitudes of dignity from our text. And to, this morning, we're just going to work through that text as we go, since these paragraphs seem kind of disconnected. Uh, we're just going to go through it paragraph by paragraph this morning. So we begin then, the first beatitude that we see in our text is this. The first beatitude of dignity is, be generous, not greedy. Be generous, not greedy. And we see this starting in verse 19, verses 19 through 20, the first two verses of our text. You shall not charge interest on loans to your brother. Interest on money, interest on food, interest on anything that is lent for interest. You may charge a foreigner interest, but you may not charge your brother interest that the Lord your God may bless you in all that you undertake in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Now, we kind of kind of text here, and this was one of those that, that we, we ask questions about because we're, we're not used to this. Uh, we're not supposed to charge someone interest if we have a loan. What about the banks? You know, is what the banks do, is that uh, uh, against God's word because our banks charge us interest, right? You go get a house loan, and, and you're going to be charged interest. Uh, you got a truck loan, a car loan, you're going to be charged interest. Is, is that wrong? Well, no, because that's not what uh, the text, we're, we're, it, our text comes from a, a different cultural context. Uh, they didn't have banks like we have banks today, right? The, the context here is in Israel. And, and if a person was going to give out a loan in Israel in that context, it was because their neighbor was in trouble. It wasn't like a business loan. It wasn't a loan to buy a house. They inherited the land that the Lord their God had given them. So their land was theirs. It was given to them by God. They're not buying that. They don't have to take out a loan on a donkey or anything like that. But they lived and they thrived together. And so if someone was in need of a loan, it was because that person had come upon hard times. Their neighbor had fallen on hard times. We, we talked about that uh, a couple of weeks ago. When we talked about uh, 
them selling themselves into slavery and kind of a, a servitude to their neighbor because they'd come along hard times and, and they, their neighbor, he had it good, right? He had a lots, of, a lots of crops to, to go off of, to live off of, and, and I've lost all my crops. And so I go say to my neighbor, hey, I need some help. Can you help me out? And I'll work for you if you'll just help feed my family through this hard time. And, and to take out a loan was the same way. This person has come along a hard time that they can't make it and so they go to their neighbor and say hey can I borrow money or borrow some grain or borrow whatever to help me get through this hard time and the Lord says you're not to take advantage of that person's hard time that hard situation that's your brother right that's your neighbor you're to to love them you're to be generous not greedy you're to be generous with what the Lord has provided. You see, all of this is coming out of the context of God's grace. God had given them the land. He had brought them into the land and given them the land. The Lord blessed them. The reason they had crops, right, was because the Lord blessed them with rain and sun and allowed their crops to go. So if you had plenty... Right? If you had an abundance, it was because the Lord blessed you. We could say the same of us today, right? It, 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 all that we have is a blessing from the Lord. It's not ours. It's God's. If we have an abundance, then it's because the Lord has blessed us with abundance. And He calls us to be generous. Now we have the other thing here because He does say, now a foreigner, you can, you can charge interest to a foreigner. What's that all about? Well, you can't charge it to the Israelite, but, but you can to the foreigner. Well, again, we've talked about this a little bit. You remember, there's two kinds of people in Israel who are not uh, genetically Israelites, right? They're, they're not ethnic Jews. There's the sojourner. The sojourner was there to stay. A sojourner was some, a, a foreigner who came into Israel and they moved there because they liked how things were going and, and, and they're adopting Israel's ways. They're adopting Yahwehism. They're, they're worshiping the God of Israel. And, and so they're, they, they're coming in to be a part of that community. But a foreigner was just there to do business. A foreigner was an outsider who, who was just there to, to make a living, to make a profit. They had no interest in coming an Israelite and being a part of the community. They had no interest in worshiping Yahweh. They were just there to do business. And so when the Scripture says, well, you can charge a foreigner interest because the foreigner's there just to do business, that's a business loan. And so God says, all right, you can charge the foreigner interest, but don't charge your brother. Don't take advantage of your, your brother who is going through a hard time. You see, we are called to be generous, not greedy. We're never called to make, take advantage of someone in a, a low state, someone who is without. But we're to give generously to those who are in need. Here's what we're called to do as, as Christians, all right, as, as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us to be generous, doesn't he? He calls us to be generous. We're to be open-handed. We're to give. If there's a need, then we're to be generous. If there's a need that we come across and we have the resources to, to meet that need, then God says, meet the need. I mean, that's why he gives us an abundance. 
It's not so that we can hoard it all for ourselves. It's not so that we can put it up in a bank where, where it's never touched and then we die and we, we give it to whoever's left behind us. No, the Lord blesses us to bless others. It's all His. And if He's blessed you with it, then He's blessed you with it so that you might be a blessing to others in His name. We need to be generous. We need to be generous to those who are in need. In our church family, right? It starts with our own family. It's, then it goes to our church family. And then it goes to our neighbors who are, are, live around us, right? We're, we're not to solve all the world's problems. We can't solve every problem. But those who are in need right around us, God says, I put you in this vicinity so that you can be a blessing. We're to be generous and not greedy with what the Lord has provided. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-8. through 8. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As God is the source of all that we have, we must be generous. We must be generous, not greedy. When there's a, a true need, and you have the resources to meet that need, meet it. Be a blessing. Be generous. Now in our day and time, in our day and time, people always look for the advantage, don't they? In our day and time, people are always looking for the advantage. Is there money to be made? Is there a, a name to be made, right? Can, is there somebody who can pat me on the back if I give this, if I'm generous? Is there a, a name to be made? Is there a tax, a tax deduction to be declared? We're always looking for the advantage, but as followers of Jesus Christ, we're not to look for the advantage. We're just to look to honor God and bless others we're to be generous not greedy respect others by being generous not greedy the second beatitude of dignity that we see is be honest not deceitful be honest not deceitful look at our next text there starting in verse 21 if you make a vow to the Lord your God you shall not delay fulfilling it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from bowing, you will not be guilty of sin. You shall be careful to do what, is, what has passed your lips. For you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised with your mouth. Now, here we switch from our neighbor to the Lord our God and dealing with vows and what's this whole thing about vows what 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 is a vow what is a vow we're, we're not quite used to all this kind of language but what's a vow 
First, you notice here that we are to be honest with the Lord, and, and we see that a vow here is, by its nature, it's a promise, if you will. A vow is a, a kind of a promise. And they were often given, especially in the Old Testament, they were often given, and, and there are different reasons that they were given. I'll share two examples with you here. First of all, there was, uh, they were, vows were given to elicit God's help to elicit God's help in whatever matter, whether it be going out to the battle, the kings would elicit God's help and they might make a vow. In this example, Hannah, you remember Hannah? Hannah was Samuel's mother. Hannah was uh, barren. She couldn't bear children. And so she went to the Lord. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, Hannah cries out to the Lord, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give, you, give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. And so she makes this vow. She was dedicating her son to the Lord. If you'll just give me a son, right? If you'll just make me not barren and, and you allow me to have a son, Lord, I will dedicate my son to your service. And so she made this vow to the Lord, seeking his help. And she did exactly that, right? Because the Lord blessed her. He gave her Samuel. And then as soon as Samuel was weaned from Hannah, then she took him to the priest and said, here's my son, and became a servant in the house of the Lord. And so she fulfilled her vow. So vows were given to elicit God's help. Second, uh, some vows were an act of praise to the Lord. There were vows that were just simply acts of praise to the Lord. Uh, I'm going to give you this, Lord, to honor you and praise you. And so that vow was made. David gives us an example of this in Psalm chapter 22, verse 25. From you comes my praise. In the great congregation, my vows I will perform before those who fear him. In other words, Lord, I'm giving my vows, I'm fulfilling my vows in the service, in the church service, if you will. As the congregation of Israel gathers together to worship unto the Lord, David says, I'm going to fulfill my vows in the congregation as an act of worship, to honor God and praise God. And so vows could be of, of other reasons as well. But, but we see this in Scripture. There are promise unto the Lord. Lord, I want, I'm going to give you something to honor you, to glorify you, to seek your help in some matter. They're a promise unto the Lord to give the Lord something, whether it be time, money, an offering, or even a child, right? It was a vow, a promise unto the Lord. And it, our Scripture calls us to be honest with the Lord. If you make a promise, keep it. That's what he's saying here, right? If you make a promise, especially unto the Lord, if you make a promise, keep the promise. Keep your word. Don't break your word. If you go back on your word, in fact, what are you doing? You're stealing from God. 
If you said, I promised this to you, Lord, and then you don't give it, you're, you've lied to him, one. But then basically you stole from him. Because you said, hey, this is yours. And I'm not going to give it. I'm going to take it back. We need to be honest with the Lord, but what's good for the Lord is good for our neighbor as well, isn't it? If we're going to be honest with the Lord, we must also be honest with our neighbor. We must be honest with one another. We must be honest with others. Have you ever had someone promise you the moon and the stars just to get something out of you? But then once you've given them what they want, it's like, oh, now what was that I promised you? I, I've suddenly forgotten. You ever had that? I think we've all had that, right? There's always someone in our lives who, who promises us this thing or that thing or the other thing, but once they get out of us what they want, they're gone. They're gone. And what is that? That's stealing. That's stealing. You, you made a promise. You broke the promise. You went back on your word. You stole. You've lied. You've done all of those things. We are to be honest. God's people are to be honest, not deceitful. We're not just to tell people what they want to hear so that we can get something out of them. We're not to take advantage of people that way. But we're to be a people of our word. If we say we're going to do something, let's do what we say. If we make a promise, let us keep the promise. Let us not go back. Let us not be deceitful. Telling lies, making false promises that we have no intention of keeping just to get something out of somebody else. God's people are to be a people of integrity. Always be honest with other people. Never make promises that you don't intend to keep. Never be deceitful. Treat people with dignity. Be honest, not deceptive. So the Beatitudes of dignity, be generous, not greedy. Be honest, not deceitful. And number three, be grateful, not exploitative. Be grateful, not exploitative. Next, we come to this text uh, in verse 24. That seems kind of strange to us, I guess. Notice what he says there. If you go into your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat your fill of grapes, as many as you wish, but you shall not put any in your bag. If you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck the ears with your hand, but you shall not pluck a, uh, put a sickle to your neighbor's standing grain. We're to be grateful, not exploitative. Here we, are, we see this, uh, this text is talking about going into our neighbor's vineyard or going into his field, wherever he might have grain. Now, we wouldn't do this today. Uh, largely because if you went out there and, and uh, some of these farmers' uh, grain fields, no telling what's on that, right? There's chemicals out there. We don't just, we don't just pluck the grain off the head and, and eat it because there might be all kinds of pesticides and everything like that there. So, so we're kind of in a different culture, right? We're a different culture today. But in that day and time, uh, we under, this text understands that everything, again, everything that we have is a blessing from the Lord. And so people back then, they walked wherever they went. 
They walked wherever they were going. They didn't have a cars to drive in. And so if they were on a long journey, it was an ordeal. It was a three or four day affair, right? It took days to get to different places oftentimes. And so you might imagine if you're on the road, if you're on a journey, you didn't have McDonald's to drive through and grab an egg McMuffin in the morning to help you get through the day. And so what would you do? Well, hey, there's a vineyard right here. And you might go in there and you might pluck some grapes from the vineyard and that would help you give you some energy and help you on down the road. Typically, you would pack some bread or whatever with you. But hey, that would offer you some extra nourishment as you were traveling down the road you're going through a field you pluck some heads of grain you pop that in your mouth that gives you nourishment and food for the day and helps you on your journey and so the lord says be generous right that that's the idea you're to be generous and allow people to come and and take a little bit here and there as they're traveling through your fields you're to be generous you're to be generous understanding that every good and perfect gift comes down from above from the father of lights with whom there's no shadow due to change we, we talked about that in this last week in our study bible study in james and so that's the the way you, people are to be generous with that uh, we had this example and we went to your sister's blueberry farm here a couple of years ago mary beth and i and uh, diana's sister said hey you can as you're going through there uh, hey, you can eat as many blueberries as you want. But then, whatever you put in the bucket, you pay for, right? Whatever you pluck and put in the, the bucket, you, you've got to pay for that. But as you're going through, hey, just help yourself. Eat as many of the blueberries you want, no, no problem. Because, hey, you can only eat so many blueberries. But, hey, you can put a bunch in that bucket. And, and so, we're to be generous with people. But as the people are generous towards us, we're to be grateful for their generosity and not exploitative. In other words, we're not supposed to take advantage of people's kindness. We're to be generous, but we're not to take advantage of other people's generosity towards us. We're to be grateful when, when people bless us, whether they help us through a hard time, whether they just give us a gift, whatever it may be, we're to be grateful for everything that anybody ever does for us. But we're never, ever, ever, we should never, ever, ever take advantage of people's kindness. We're never to do that. We're never to be exploitative. We're never to exploit people's kindness. Be grateful for people's generosity, not exploitative. Be thankful when people bless you with a gift. Be thankful when people buy your supper and you didn't expect it. Be grateful when people do kind things toward you. But don't exploit them. Don't expect them to do that every time. Don't expect them their kindness. Don't exploit their kindness. But always be grateful for their kindness be grateful for people's generosity not exploitative what does that look like well of course don't take advantage of someone's kindness always asking a favor right always asking a favor of someone else but never returning the favor never returning the favor i've had friends that we've 
we've gone out to lunch and, and you know, one time he'll buy, the next time I'll buy, you know, we kind of go back and forth. Uh, we don't take advantage of one another, but we, we appreciate one another's kindness and we repay that kindness. That's how God's people should respond. We should always, always be willing to return favors uh, as they come to us. If you, you borrow something, return it. If you borrow something from someone, return it. Return it in at least as good a shape as you borrowed it, right? Return it in at least that good of a shape. Psalm 37, 21 says, The wicked borrows but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives. So if you borrow something, return it. And I'm going to throw this one out there too. Respect people's time. Respect people's time. This is one that just gets on my nerves <laughs> because people do it all the time. You know, if we're going to tell somebody, hey, I'm going to be there at such and such a time, be there at such and such a time. Because you know what, you know what you're doing? You know what we do if we, if we tell someone, I'm going to be there at 530 and we don't show up till 5.45 or 6 o'clock, you know what we're saying? My time is more valuable than yours. I, I told you I was going to be there, but my time is more valuable than yours. Your time's not worth much. And so it's okay if I'm late because I'm more important than you are. When you're late, that's what you're telling people. I, I used to be bad about being late, but God has convicted me, and I try not to ever be late. If I tell someone I'm going to be somewhere at a certain point in time, I'm going to try my best to be there at a certain point in time. In fact, I've kind of adopted this mentality. I've tried to adopt this kind of mentality. If you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. Because I want people to know that I respect them, and I respect their time. You're stealing, right? If you're not where you're supposed to be when you say you're going to be there, you're stealing that person's time. And that time is the most valuable resource we have because we don't get it back. So respect people. Treat them with dignity by being on time. Be grateful. Be grateful, not exploitative. Treat people with dignity. Be generous. Be honest. Be grateful. And when you treat people with dignity, you, you will stand out above the crowd. You'll stand out above everyone else in the world around you. And many people will wonder, what makes you so different? Why are you, why are you generous, honest, and grateful? Why are you such a way? And you get to tell them, because Jesus Christ is generous, honest and gracious he was generous honest and gracious towards me and i owe him all the gratitude you see when we try to be holy as the lord our god is holy it's not to win his favor we already have his favor in jesus christ
We don't have to save ourselves because Jesus has provided the way of salvation by dying on a cross for us in our place on Calvary. We try to be, strive to be holy as the Lord our God is holy because we want to point people to Jesus. Treat people with dignity. Treat people with dignity by, by, by being generous, honest, and grateful so that you can point them to Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your blessing in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we just want to confess, Lord, that everything that we have, every, every good thing that we have is because of your generosity towards us. All the money that we have, all the, all the material possessions we have, all of that, Lord, is, is just an abundance that you have poured out upon us out of your wealth. Lord, you are so generous to us. And the greatest gift that you have given to us, Lord, is that you have given us life in Jesus Christ. Lord, help us. Help us to always seek to be holy as you are holy. Help us always to seek to, to treat people with dignity. Because, Lord, you treat us with dignity. Help us to treat others with dignity so that we might point them back to the source of all dignity. Lord, help us to always point them to Christ. And Father, if there's any today who don't know Jesus, then Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes to see Christ and turn to him today. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.